Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, May 17th, 2021. It has been 214 days since 20 nominations were announced. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, a fantabulous weekend in the various podcast feeds for Broadway Radio. Um, it started off on Saturday. If you're just in the regular feed, you just heard a teaser of this episode. But if you're on our Patreon, you heard the whole thing as the iconic Jan Simpson spoke with Pulitzer Prize winner uh, Doug, Doug Wright about his uh, his play I Am My Own Wife, which won the Pulitzer back in 2004. Uh, a fantastic conversation. That is in the Patreon feed only, but... Um, you can, uh, you know, you can sign up now and listen to it and you can, uh, binge that now, uh, before it hits the regular feed coming up this summer. Then on Sunday, we made the announcement to our Patreon subscribers on Saturday, I believe, that joining the episode to talk about the 50th anniversary of Godspell is the show's composer, Stephen Schwartz. So not only did this week on Broadway include Stephen Schwartz, but it included two original cast members of Godspell, Peggy Gordon, who played Peggy, and um, Robin Lamont, who played Robin. Um, so <laughs> that was in there. A fantastic conversation. I don't know about you, actually. I was a Catholic school kid uh, growing up. This will surprise Godspell. you, but I wasn't. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> it might surprise people that I was, you too. But yeah, it's... Uh, this was part of the soundtrack of my childhood was the it's various gay. different recordings yeah. of Godspell. I absolutely love that show. I love the music. And, you know, it was really one of one of the first shows that I uh, that really introduced me to musical theater. So I'm very excited that we were able to get it's these three cool. folks. Uh, on to this week on Broadway, and that is obviously in both the regular and Patreon feed by the time you are hearing this. Of course, if you want to listen in to episodes before they hit the regular feed, you can head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio. All right, Ashley, let's get into the news. And as has become custom in recent days and weeks, we've got some more information about shows returning to the New York stage to lead off the show today. But what's unusual about these stories is that we already knew that both of them were coming back. We just got additional information late last week about the when for one of them and the who for the other. Starting on the Broadway, we had previously been informed, I, I think before any other Broadway show, I think this was the first announcement of a reopening date, um, but Diana was going to be premiering on Netflix on October 1st and then would resume IRL pr performances at the Longacre Theater two months later on December 1st. Well, on Friday, the production announced that they were cutting the gap between streaming and performing in half, and they would return to the stage on November 2nd for a new opening night on November 17th. Now, actually, I think when we, I think it was you and me, mm. when we first talked about these date announcements, we were a little bit confused about why Diana would start performances after Thanksgiving, only to give themselves like one month of the holiday season, like part of the holiday season to get some money in the bank before the traditionally mm -hmm. quiet winter months in January sure. and February. So this move, thanks to the loosening of restrictions from the governor, seems to make sense. To it me. makes a lot more sense. I mean, obviously, with tourism season really probably kicking up, kicking off in New York in December, never mind like things actually opening ahead of time, you're right, they're going to get like 
about a month in there. But yeah, this makes a lot more sense for the way that things seem to be unfolding with restrictions loosening up now with, uh, you know, the Netflix premiere happening with, uh, the way they seem to be stacking shows so far with opening and you have like the big four that are opening all on September 4th. Um, and then 14th, 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 sorry. Yeah. And then everything else seems to be the slow trickle. So with this being released as a streaming thing, it's, this seems to make most sense here. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to talk more about Diana in just a second, but before we do that, let's move off Broadway over to the West side theater where we already knew that the award-winning revival of Little Shop of Horrors would be returning on the 21st day of the month of September. Well, we learned on Friday that the cast that more or less closed the show in March 2020 will be returning. Tammy Blanchard, Christian Borle, Aaron Arnell Harrington, Tom Allen Robbins, Salome Smith, Joy Woods, and Avina Sawyer will all be back and returning to their roles, but... They will be joined by Jeremy Jordan, who had not begun performances yet, yeah. but had been due to join the show was about the, to. F- the following yeah. week. Yeah, he was going to join, um, I think, the f- yeah, the following week or maybe even later that week or either way. It was right around then. Maybe he did get a performance in. I, I, who knows? The time's a flat circle. I can't remember anything. But <laughs> actually, this makes me very happy that they are all back. I've been obviously yeah. on a little shop kick the last few weeks. And... They are currently on sale through January 2nd, and this show has extended multiple times. So I'm assuming that if things go well with ticket sales, that that date has uh, an availability to be pushed back as well. So I I uh, might just have to make a return trip to Skid Row next time I'm in It's town. a great revival. I loved that revival, and I saw it with Jonathan Groff in like the first couple weeks. So I would love to see it with Jeremy Jordan. The great thing about Little Shop is that everyone is so familiar with it that it does have that longevity. So they could, you know, it was already on a roll. They had already extended it um the first time, or at least tw- at least once, they might yeah, have done- multiple times. Yeah, they might have done it twice or three times um, in that original run there. So I see this coming back, and at least a couple of more, uh, you know, uh, extension announcements there. And I'll be very happy. I'll see it with any cast they want to throw, especially yeah. for as long as Christian Borrell's in it. Who I think is yeah. amazing he's in that phenomenal. role. Yeah, he's a, yeah, I mean, he's going to have to take time off, though, at some point Annie, to go do yeah, Annie obviously. Live, of course. Uh, <laughs> I'm, so, I mean, I'm he still did thinking the, about it. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. I'm he mad did I do didn't the think first about two. it. Yeah, he did do the first two NBC I Live know, musicals. He, did, he was in Sound of Music, Sound of music and, and Peter Pan. Peter Pan. So, and that's so what, it would make sense. And that's what Grace said, that they like to reuse people uh, for NBC, and Christian Borle would be a good fit for Rooster. And I'm just mad I didn't think about it, because that's absolutely incredible casting, and I want a Broadway I, revival for that purpose, too. I'm going to say, though, if he shaves his head again like he did so for mad. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, he very well could play Daddy Warbucks, too. So, <laughs> it would be a dual know. role? Oh, oh, that would be fine. He did dual roles in Peter <laughs> yeah, Pan, too. Yeah. He was Mr. Darling and Smee. So, it's true. It's true. Some weird universe <laughs> Annie thing happening. I mean, Annie needs a little spicy. How dare you? <laughs> 
All right, Ashley, let's take a real quick break to talk about our sponsors, our old friends, ExpressVPN. Ashley, I remember when my family got internet for the very first time. It was the dial-up AOL. Mm -hmm. It was a thing where if someone picked up the house phone somewhere else, you got kicked offline. True. So much has changed in the world of the interwebs in the past few decades. But the largest thing that's changed so much is that we used to think that everything was private online back in the day. It has not been the same for a long time. Basically, everything that you browse, search for, watch, tweet is accessible to other people either legitimately or nefariously. Now imagine all of that data is being crawled uh, crawled through, collected, and aggregated by third parties into a permanent public record, your record about you specifically. Having your private life exposed for others to see was once something only like famous people that had to deal with paparazzi had to worry about. That's us. Yes, that is very much us. But it's not (laughs) the same anymore when we're talking about the internet. It's true. Whether you realize it or not, there are hundreds of data brokers out there where literally their only job is to buy and sell your data. You have no idea who's doing it or where they're selling it to. And part of that is your IP address, which means they can identify you and your location incredibly easily, like scary easily. With ExpressVPN, your connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server, though, and your IP address is masked. You're given a random IP address shared with other customers, which means it's makes it more difficult to be identified. Everyone is Spartacus in the situation. The best part is how easy ExpressVPN is to use. And no matter the device, phone, laptop, smart TV, whatever you have, all you have to do is tap one button to get protected. So if you are like us, you believe that your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com slash Broadway Radio and get three extra months for for free. That's EXPRESSVPN.com slash Broadway Radio. Go to expressvpn.com slash Broadway Radio to learn more. Let's get back to the news. And I said that I wanted to get back to Diana, so we're going to do that. We have talked basically every day on today on Broadway, no matter who the hosts were, um, since shows started announcing their return dates about this is great. Let's be excited um, about all. Uh, of these return dates, that's great. Let's get excited about that. There's nothing wrong with that. But mm. that we'd hoped that it wouldn't mean that the work going on behind the scenes to address the racism, sexism, abuse, etc. in the industry would stop now that we had like shows and performances yeah. to focus on. Well, it looks like the company of Diana has been working hard to make sure that that ball isn't dropped, at least for their show. Last week, cast member Andre Jordan, whom we will be talking about more in a bit, actually, posted a message on social media that read, We are opening a month earlier. While this is exciting, it's also important to mention that work that is being done, he's a few typos in there, um, within the company of our show to make a more anti-racist and equitable equitable space, some of this, uh, sorry, I'm reading this and getting tripped up by the typos, Um, some of these things include the disconnection of our production from William Ivy Long, who is the the multi-Tony winning costume designer who has been I don't know if I, I don't know how to classify these because we talked about them when it happened. I don't know if if sexual harassment or sexual abuse is the right um, the terminology for that, but nonetheless has had some 
allegations leveled against him. Uh, number two, we set up an online tip box for cast members to report anything that is unsafe, racist, or anything of the like. Three, and this one is the most interesting to me, Ashley, mm. we will be bringing in our own in-house HR department. For those that don't know, there is no HR in the theater world mm. at all. And and it just seems like I understand that all these folks are they're not necessarily freelancers because when you're in a show, you're, you know, you're, you're contracted. Yeah, they're independent like, contractors. And all of these shows are run by production companies that are made specifically for the show. So they don't necessarily, even if they're run, you know, even if they have like the large producing company behind them, the HR company, the HR department for those companies doesn't necessarily work for the shows. So this just makes mm-hmm. so much sense, especially when there's so many different things going on um, in terms of changing the way that the work environments are in theater. Like this just makes sense. And then the final point. Uh, he includes is working with local NYC organizations to get help to to help get marginalized schools involved and introduced to every aspect of the industry and not just on stage. Andre goes on to say that this is not an exhaustive list and there's other things that they are working um, on behind the scenes. And what I thought was the most interesting is that they um, are committed to doing these things and to do more once the show sure which makes sense because they're gonna they have have to assess and adapt so that's a great thing to see but it's like it's a good faith step they've agreed to these things but there's a good faith agreement between the cast and crew and the production um to address these things as they come up and actually i don't you know i've made my feelings and reservations known about uh, about some of the things that people have done in response sure. to this and i don't want to fault anyone for making the decisions that they feel helps them best address systemic issues in the workplace for themselves personally but reading through this stuff and thinking about the stand that comparatively karen olivo made at moulin rouge i just can't help but think that moves like what diana is doing from a company that really doesn't have any stars or star power at all um i just feel like those will be more impactful moving the needle on these issues um than those by individuals who remove themselves from the yeah. process clint ramos clint ramos posted something on social media and i th- actually feel like grace shared it and that's where i saw it um about like he doesn't he thinks that there needs to be an in between of what the people who are removing themselves from the equation and the people who are just moving on like there's no there's no problem and no, it's just like back to normal there definitely. needs to be something in the middle and uh that's what i kind of feel like the Diana cast is doing, and I completely agree with my former Tell Me More guest, Clint Ramos. On that. And the thing about that is, I find it's obviously so tricky to find that balance because even when we, you know, an entirely different side of like the shutdown equation and everything that's happened since is we've talked about how, you know, Broadway didn't really have like that kind of figurehead to lead some kind of momentum yeah. like, you know, West End Theater had with Andrew Lloyd Webber. And so we were in a way that's still like, try, you know, putting the onus on an individual. So I think just, I think a, it's a cultural thing to uh, B, it's an industry thing. And you already mentioned like there's, there's no one really for Broadway. Uh, actors or really anybody in theater to go to because there isn't that form of HR department. Everyone is an independent contractor. So it's kind of like everyone in 
almost rightfully so sees that they kind of have to take things into their own hands unless their show as a whole, as Diana is doing, are making these either changes or at least good faith promises that things are going to change and working toward that. Most shows aren't doing that. So it's really, uh, obviously, it's refreshing to see that we know of. That we, that we know, know of, of, but it's good to see, you know, the fact that you have people in the cast, the ensemble, the crew speaking out in this way of saying, I know you guys are all excited to get back to normal, um, but we still need to ha- have these conversations and we are having these conversations. Like, I haven't seen people from other shows doing that, and that is concerning. Well, I will I will say, though, real quick, that Diana might be in a different situation than a lot of those uh, other yeah. shows because they already knew about the return. So there might be people in other shows that don't know if they're coming back yet, that they might they might not know for sure if they're getting a contract. No, I get that. So it might take some time for casts to be reassembled for these steps to be taken with other shows. So I just want to put that out there. It's not like all those other casts are like, eh, whatever. It just might be that they don't know if they're actually still part I'm of the sure cast. a lot of people do, though. But again, and, and you know... Even saying that, that still puts the onus on the individuals. Like, that's still saying, well, these people need to speak out. So, again, it's a, it's a very difficult situation of, like, what do we expect individuals to do? Especially, as you, as you said, we don't know who's returning to shows yet in most cases. They don't have really, other than, you know, equity, they don't really have liaisons to go through, which exactly, <laughs> that's the correct response to that. Um, and they're independent contractors whose contracts could be ended quite easily. It's a tricky situation. So yeah. it's just, it's, it's like I said, it's refreshing to see this. It's good to see this. I hope we continue the conversation and I hope more shows start publicizing what they're doing behind the scenes and what they intend to do behind the scenes going forward. Okay, Ashley, let's get into a few quick news stories before we wrap things up with a couple recommendations. It was announced last week that Ramin Karamloo will join the company of the previously announced West End concert production of Sunset Boulevard. Maz Murray will be playing Norma Desmond, and Ramin will be playing Joe Gillis, replacing Kai Uche, who will instead be playing Simba in the London production of The Lion King. Performances will begin at the Alexandra Palace Theatre on June 13th. We also learned late last week that today, May 17th, a new tribute documentary about the late dancer, actress, choreographer, and director Anne Reinking will debut on YouTube. The Joy is in the Work will focus on her time as a teacher and mentor at Broadway Theater Project between 1991 and 2004. Included in the film will be former students Patrick Wilson, Michael James Scott, Ashley Brown, Roderick Covington, Aaron J. Albano, Ashley Blair Fitzgerald, Matthew Lopez, Lauren Lataro, and many, many more. And finally, a friend of the show, Ashley Lee, published an article over the weekend in the LA Times entitled, I Have to Be Thin to Do This Job, Inside the Theater's Longstanding Fat Phobia. This is obviously in response to Michael Paulson's uh, line in the New York Times that said that actors gaining weight would be a detriment to Broadway restarting quickly. Much like my response Mm -hmm. to equity, that was the correct response to to Paulson's thing there. Um, Ashley Lee, not you, included a lot of social media response from Broadway stars and again talks to Andre Jordan from uh, from, uh, the, the company of Diana about his experiences with weight and sizeism in the industry. This is obviously something that is not talked about very openly in the theater, despite the fact that it is part of 
nearly every single casting decision, Ashley. So I'm glad that the other Ashley came through, as she always (laughs) does, to shine a light on uh, a really important aspect in the other Ashley does significantly more work than this Ashley does. Yeah, this is such. You said it. (laughs) This is such a great piece. I've actually had this conversation a lot over the last like week, um, talking with other. Um, writers and actors about it and just the general concept of like the quote unquote Broadway body or equity thin terms like that that get used behind closed doors. As you said, it's not really something that's talked about out in the open, just as general fat phobia isn't. It's, you know, <laughs> it's kind of just an accepted thing that happens. Um, I think it's really important to talk about it in terms of actors because there is that you know, actors and dancers, for that matter, anyone that's on the stage, there's a general idea of what somebody should look like doing their job. And I think that has to end sooner rather than later. I hope that's something that a year-long pandemic brings about as everyone has gained weight, and that's not a bad thing. And I'm tired of people talking like that's a bad thing that people gained weight. Like, your body carried you through a pandemic. Relax a little bit. Yeah, we will see. Anyway, let's talk about something that makes us feel good. Real quick, two videos. Um, over, I think late last week, the cast of Girls 5 Eva released a music video for their song Famous 5 Eva. And it, of course, features Sarah Bareilles, Renee Elise Goldsberry, um, as well as, uh, Ashley Park and Erica Henningsen, where, spoiler alert, if you see the, if you've seen the show, they are the younger versions or, kind of ex-members from the 90s version um, of the group. So we have that video, uh, and that's great. I have but, to get into that. I really yeah, have to get into it. It's a lot of fun. I've still only watched the first episode, but um, I, I, I'm excited to get into the rest. It was really good. Another thing that I'm super excited about, last week, Keegan-Michael Key was on the Jimmy Fallon show, and he shared a first look at a musical number from Schmigadoon. And it yes. was... Uh, I haven't seen he, it yet. I'm so excited. Yeah, he and um, Cecily Strong are arguing. And the I mean, the, the extras from Music Man is what it looks like. Um, the the <laughs> residents of Schmigadoon um, are, like, singing a song that, like, feeds into their arguing. It's very fun. It shows just how weird and clever this show is going to be. Of course, this premieres on Apple TV Plus on July 16th for a six-episode run. Counting down the days. I'm so excited about this show. I'm just really... It's probably the show I am most looking forward to coming up. I mean, between that and Ted Lasso coming back over the summer, like Apple Uh, TV Plus is where it's at. Making me root for Apple. I can't believe it. I know. Sorry. Uh, You have an iPhone, too, so get over it. Uh, Anyway, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. (laughs) Whatever. Uh, Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Ashley, where uh, uh, can people find you tweeting from your iPhone with the little blue messages? Stop. I hate it. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. No, this is Ashley. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful week, and we will be back to talk to you tomorrow.